Howdy, hello, and welcome to episode 37 of Fat Love Talk. I'm your host, Zach Love, and this week we're talking more about Fire Emblem Conquest, the version of Fates where you choose the noir side where you grew up. We're talking a little about Resident Evil 2 and it getting challenging through Claire's second playthrough. We're going to be talking about Rainbow Six Siege, have some fun, exciting announcements for that. Next up, we have Tadashi dropping a new album. So excited about this one, guys. We're going to dive headfirst into that. I've heard this album four, going on five times now. Front to finish, it is phenomenal. I won't go too far into that right now. And of course, at the end, we have a Captain Marvel review. That's right. The next installment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has arrived. And I give you my thoughts. This is Fat Love Talk, and I am Zach Love. Let's get into it. Let's start off the show by talking about Fire Emblem Fates. Now, they announced Fire Emblem Three Houses coming out for the Switch, and I told you guys two weeks ago I was hype. I was ready for this installment. So I went back, and I've been playing through Fire Emblem Fates. I'm currently on chapter, I believe, 17 of Conquest. I know that Birthright had like 24, 25 chapters, so I know I'm getting close to the end of the game, and I'm very excited to see where this ending takes me, because I remember distinctively the ending of Birthright, and it was it was incredibly fun. And definitely, as far as the Fire Emblem franchise goes, one of the better games. I think Awakening... Might still be my favorite, although I haven't played that one in a while now. So I might need to go back and play that one again to refresh myself. But turn-based strategy is just phenomenal, and I love this franchise as a whole. So when I started playing Conquest, I didn't know what to expect other than more of the story from a different perspective, turn-based strategy, blah, blah. Now, looking back at the price point they were trying to sell, $40 each, it made sense. You know, Pokemon is the same thing. They have two versions. They have two separate price tags it's 40 for each 80 for both you get a full rpg adventure and with fire emblem you get a turn-based strategy rpg adventure which is insanely fun although pokemon does have more post-game content than fire emblem does which is fine i wonder if they're going to add any post-game content um in three houses they did just announce new cover art for the game, which if you have not looked it up or have not seen it, it is really cool. I implore you to go check it out. Some people made some funny comments about it looking like fan art because of the guy in the middle upside down, but I digress. I don't think it's that bad. I just think it's a interesting choice for cover art. I got hyped when I saw it, gave it the heart reaction on Facebook, and I saved it to my phone because I really, really am hype about this game. Um, I don't have a lot to add other than the story isn't that different honestly some of the characters who join you when you're playing on birthright actually change sides on conquest and they're like well i'm loyal to you so i'm going to stay with you and then there's some plot points where like there's a ninja and his brother thinks that you're you know you're the main protagonist so he thinks that you are wrong to have sided with nor and the kingdom of nor because they're violent nasty mean people but i mean the one who sides with you he's like no brother i'm fighting for her and her she wants to change things and he just won't hear it 
a lot of people are blind to the reality that people aren't tied to their parents' failures or shortcomings. And in this case, she's the princess to a kingdom, and her father is just downright evil, okay? Um, a minor spoiler you find out in, like, chapter 15 of Conquest, which, guys, by the way, if, if you have not played Fire Emblem Fates and you do care about spoilers, this is a bad... You can just skip ahead, like, 30 seconds. But um, her father is possessed by a demon, and it's very interesting to see that the man he was is gone. So they end up thinking, and I haven't gotten any further than what I'm telling you now, she pretty much has to dethrone her father and take over the kingdom of Nor for herself to make a real change because he's been possessed for too long. His soul is lost. And um, it's very interesting to see how he's just no longer who he was and he's just this evil man. And I love the aspects that Japan adds to their RPGs. Um, not that I don't like Western RPGs. I do. I really, really do. But something about Japan RPG or JRPGs, I guess technically is what you call them. Um, there's just a certain flair to those games that are just a lot more interesting and gripping. And I believe Witcher is a Western RPG. I know that they work out of Sweden, but I'm pretty sure that counts as a Western RPG, and that's my single favorite, or what, Witcher 3 rather, is my single favorite game of literally all time probably, and definitely for this console generation, um, which is probably coming to an end here in a few years, but uh, I just have to say that uh, this game is phenomenal, and I really enjoyed it, that's what I wanted to say, if you haven't played the Fire Emblem franchise, don't be intimidated, go check it out, because it's really fun. And I implore you to really take your time with it. It's turn-based strategy. It's not hard. Play it on Phoenix difficulty where your troops come back after one turn if you lose them. That way you'll never lose troops. You can play through the story. That's what I am doing with my uh, Conquest playthrough. Not because I don't want to challenge, but because I want to get through these games so I can be ready when Three Houses comes out. Because, guys, I'm going to be playing the heck out of that. Alright, I may not be on my PlayStation for a minute because I'm going to be busy playing Fire Emblem so much. But hey, all my friends got to do at that point is just shoot me a text. Hey man, get the heck off of your Switch and play some games with me. I'll be like, okay, okay, I got you. We'll play some Call of Duty, we'll play some Rainbow Six, whatever. Um, that being said, guys, let's transition uh -huh -huh, to the next topic I want to talk about. It's going to be Rainbow Six. See, I mentioned it. Nice transition, Zach. Thanks, Zach. Anyway, guys... Rainbow Six Siege came out with a Season 4 update, which is phenomenal. Take a second and think about how cool that is. Pretty cool, I know, I know. But, we got two new operators, and because it's a new season, we're going to have to pay the another $29.99 for Season 4. Now, I've paid for the Season 1s, 2, and 3 pack. That's, I think I paid it for a bundle where it was seasons one and two, and then I paid for three. So I haven't paid $30 each time a new season comes out. But I did pay 30 for season three, and I did pay 30 for season four last night. So I now am able to access all 
eight new operators they're going to announce for season four. I want to enjoy the new maps. I'm going to enjoy all the new stuff they're adding, all the inclusions. And it's very fun. I'm level like 65 or something. I don't play it like a whole heck of a lot between seasons. Um, when they, uh, after I've played a few weeks or a month or two with the new operator, but I will say this, I am trying to get back into rainbow six and this is the perfect opportunity with the new season. Um, they're going to revamp some of the maps, make them different, make them new, kind of freshen them up a bit. So you can't memorize the maps hundred percent anymore and kind of have a certain strategy. Now we'll tell you this season three netted some of my favorite heroes because now i am currently an alibi um finca main like those are my two mains okay so when i am attacking i play as finca when i am defending i play alibi static i love those characters those are my favorite characters they are who i play as and they're great i'll tell you why alibi has three decoys she can place anywhere so when you're looking around you can shoot at the decoy if you shoot it bam you get targeted I see that you're over here trying to shoot this decoy. I don't know your location. I don't get like an outline of your location. That would be just a little too overpowered. But I at least know that you are in that vicinity. I get 10 points. And for you, of course, shooting my decoy. And then I can plan strategically based on that. With Finca, she can press a button and boost her health for like, I think, 20 seconds. It might be less than that. Um, and it gives you like an extra, like five hits. I don't know the exact, uh, damage ratio on that. It might be a certain amount of health instead of, uh, bullet hits, but you also affect the people near you. So if there's somebody near you, like when I play in a group, I'll go up in a group and be like, who's with me. And then they'll come up with me. I'll boost us. We'll, if we know where they are, we just rush them and then we get them with the extra health we have. Some of us don't always make it. Some of us do. I've been killed multiple times while boosted, but I like her weapons and I like Alibi's weapons. They're very, very, very exciting. And I really hope that season four nets us some fun operators with some great weapons. And here's my hope actually for Rainbow Six for season four. Okay, here's my prediction. We're going to get some of the coolest operators yet all right if you think about what season three added um, i don't have the game up right now obviously but we had that badass chick who had the shield we had a badass chick who had a health thing a badass chick who had the um lion ability where you could if people are moving you can see their outlines it's just dope okay season three net some of the coolest operators to date all right my favorite original operator, probably going to have to be Sledge. I love just busting through walls and, and causing problems, but <laughs> my friends don't like that too much. And I'm like, let's go, bam, I bust through a wall. Oh, shit, now everybody can see everything. You know, it, it happens sometimes. I've gotten us killed, I won't lie. They've gotten mad at me playing Sledge. But with the new operators, I have had time to diversify my play out or my skill, my strategy, all of that stuff. And I really, really think Season 3 came out strong with great maps, with great strategies, with great countermeasures to each strategy. I love, love, love games like this, okay? I think Call of Duty is doing a great thing, but I just don't think Call of Duty's on the same level as Rainbow Six Siege. And I'll say this, a bold statement. As far as Ubisoft games go, Rainbow Six is probably one of the best supported titles by Ubisoft, okay? 
flat out. They keep supporting it. They keep doing updates. They keep making content. And I am forever thankful that they're doing that because it is a phenomenal game with a great multiplayer experience. You can squad up to five people. You can go into a match. You can do online multiplayer, terrorist hunt missions, single player missions. I still, I mentioned this before, but I have the platinum trophy. I love the game so much that I grinded out the platinum and it was it was 100 i'm not gonna lie to you guys a grind it was it was a lot of grinding on the terrorist hunt mode we got to play against cpus it was a lot of grinding but it was a lot of fun because i did it with my friends and they were also going for the platinum so i'm very excited about that guys i will give you more updates in the future for rainbow six siege because i'm very very excited about this but let's go ahead and move forward so i'm not spending too much time on this one topic, and heck, I might even come back to it later, who knows. But let's go ahead and move forward and talk about the next exciting topic. So this past Friday, on the 8th of March, Tadashi dropped a new album in which he called Never Fold. He had his teaser track, Godflex, as one of the ones he did release early as a single. And let me tell you what, guys... Fire. Just, just everywhere. Open a window. It's going to get hot. You know what I'm saying? Listen to that track. <laughs> this album has like, God, 20 songs on it. This dude went hardcore when he made his new album. He dropped so many fresh new tracks. And the thing is, he was posting on his Instagram over the weekend, right? He was like, so what's y'all's favorite track? And I'm just like, bro, I can't even pick one. They're all so good. Like, I thought Godflex was a bomb song until I saw the music video. Then I was like, holy crap, this is a great song. And then I heard the album, and I was like, holy crap, it's just one in a bunch of songs that are great. Now, obviously, I love all of Tadashi's music, so I am a little biased in the fact that I really can't find a song I don't like. Although, if he did have one out there I didn't like on his album, maybe it'd be his opening track. I don't really like interludes or intro songs that aren't actual songs, but more like adding effect to the album because people buy digitally these days nobody really listens to those tracks as much anymore but i do appreciate what he was doing there because i do listen to the songs front to finish in the order there on the album and i want to hear it in the natural progression before i shuffle it and maybe add it to a playlist or do my thing with that um, there are so many what christian rap songs i like now my playlist is pretty um congested i actually have over a hundred i think songs i shuffle and i'm like yeah yeah this is a great time to be alive 2019 all these great artists dropping music all these playlists i'm making on spotify making great great music i'm just really happy with tadashi's album look i wanted to say that he dropped his new never fold album and let you guys know now if you want we can do a listening thing where i play the album and we just we just chill I don't know how I can do that without it sounding crappy through whatever recording device, but I can definitely attempt it if you guys want. Now, I do want to mention that Tadashi hasn't dropped an album in a while. He's been doing singles, he's been collabing with people, but really he hasn't really posted or published anything himself. And I found out why in some interviews, behind the scenes commentary for this album. Now... This is a little sad, but Tadashi had a son, and he lost him. So, 
a lot of it was him struggling with God and, you know, losing his son and having to deal with that loss. And you really hear that in this album. He mentions the son. He mentions how he was feeling, how he just didn't understand, how he was, you know, calling out to God, crying out to God and wondering why this happened and what the, the lesson from this was. And I, I, I've really connected with that. I don't know. I just, it's really sad when that happens. And like, it's a loss that you just can't plan for. Not that early in, in, in a person's life. And I, I just, I hope you guys take the time to listen to this album because it's, Really good in the sense that rap connects with a lot of people. And I love how rap kind of can get emotional. doesn't have to all be about the club and getting it with the ladies. It can really connect and be slower if it wants to be. Or be quicker. Or have a, a, a funky... It doesn't have to have a set style. Country jazz, R&B, a lot of pop, all kind of have the same tone. The thing I like about hip-hop, about R&B, oh, not R&B per se, the thing I like about hip-hop and rap, specifically those two things, is how diverse you can be in the genre. I'm not saying that any rapper can compete with another rapper because there are so many different types of of rappers, and there's the argument again that comes up with the different types of rap, like, you know, the mumble rap, the quote-unquote 90s rap, the whatever people consider normal rap, you know, stuff that Eminem is doing is not the same as stuff that DMC talk, you know, was doing, you know, back in the day, you know, but the point is, I really like Tadashi's album, because it had some really good, upbeat, fun songs like God Flex, and then it had these sons like Son of Sam, which is like a, a, a longer song that's just sad. He kind of goes into it about losing his son, and it's just like, it makes you feel things, man. It's an emotional song, and I love how I can feel like I'm connecting with the artist as a person versus just getting new music and dancing at the club. You know what I'm saying? I, I just That's just me, though. I don't know. I'll, I'll move forward from this, but I will say this album is hands down a must listen. I want to give this one a solid, like, 8 out of 10. Like, it's 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 fantastic, and it's worth the listen, and I encourage anybody to check it out. So let's go ahead and talk about my last thing before the big Captain Marvel review, and that's going to be Resident Evil 2. Guys... This past week, my eye has been feeling better. I wanted to give you an update. It's not giving me a fit. I'm not calling that doctor. We're not doing that eye surgery. Actually, he didn't call me, so I guess it wasn't important to him anyway. Great to know that his people, he comes in his door, are valued customers or patients or whatever I am to him. Um, apparently, I wasn't important, though. Moving forward from that, I think that Resident Evil 2 is a fantastic game. I've said this. I've mentioned this multiple times. My clear second playthrough... Um, is going rough. Like, it's going rough. I'm in a point now where I'm in the captain's office, and I have to figure out how to get enough inventory space to grab um, the cog, go up to the tower, but I don't have the handle for the 
Jack, I'm a little confused, guys. I'm having a rough time with this. I'm trying not to use a guide. I'm trying not to use any assistance, and it's been rough. And when you're trying to record a gameplay, nobody wants to see you fiddling around for half an hour trying to run around and figure stuff out, even if there are good jump scares in that time. Because um, I've been getting scared a lot. I accidentally released Mr. X into the side of the map that he, I was not currently in, um, or that he was not currently in, because I put the water out on the helicopter, which I should have known from Leon's playthrough that that's how that happens, but I, I thought it was different for Claire's second playthrough. Apparently, some things don't change. That being said, I cannot go down to the save point um, under the balcony in that little side room that's for Leon's playthrough, apparently. Um, so I kind of screwed myself. I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? So that being said, I need to figure out how to get the jack handle. I need to figure out how to get up to the tower from there, get the other crank pieces, grab the last electronic part, and then make like a tree in GTFO. Guys, I need to get out of there. Once I get that badge, I'm taking the elevator down. I'm getting the heck out of the garage. Goodbye, Raccoon City. All right, if I was Claire and I was smart, instead of going for that little girl, I would be dodging left and heading out of town, hopping in a car that's not on fire, and getting out of Dodge. Like, goodbye, Raccoon City. I know she's looking for her brother. But guess what? If she ain't seen him yet, he's not there. Let's bounce, okay? And I don't know actually if she finds her brother at all. Like, I don't know where her brother is or any of that stuff. Because Resident Evil 2, I don't know what happened there. I've only played 5 and Resident Evil Revelations 2. So, uh, I don't know what the heck is going on with her brother or who her brother even is. So, I'm just saying, if you haven't seen him yet, at this point in the game, he's not there. Dip out of there and let Leon go down and do his thing. And then, you know, meet up with him later. You know, get a coffee. Talk about life. Maybe connect in a romantic way. <laughs> They're cute together. But I also think Leon and Ada are cute together. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to pair everybody up. Maybe that's wrong of me. I don't know. But I think Claire needs to get out of town. Like, I do. I honestly think she needs to get this key card and then never look back. Because Mr. X would give me nightmares for the rest of my life if I saw him in real life. Like, I would straight up never sleep again. At least not good. I'd sleep like an hour or two and wake up in fierce, like night sweats. Just couldn't sleep again. Worried that he's going to punch me in the face when I wake up. You know what I'm saying? Because he, he don't care at all. Like, Mr. X is a savage. Alright? He straight up decks Claire in the face. Like, flat out. Broken nose, everything bleeding on the floor. Bam, laid her out. And I'm just like, damn, this guy has zero emotions about hitting a woman, about hitting Leon, about hitting a zombie. Nothing. He don't care at all. He's just like, get out of my way. I have an objective. And I'm like, dude, do you have some sort of brain in that head of yours? Stop hitting me. Let's be on the same team. Let's be on the same team with each other. But no, I get. I just, I guess that's not an option. I digress. I wanted to say real quick, guys, that I'm working my way through Resident Evil 2, and I will try to do that because I did pre-order Sekiro. So I have that on, on lockdown. Two weeks from now, I'll be playing that. Look forward to that on my YouTube, and I'll give you guys a review on that. So far, the early hands-on reviews are positive, and that's why I pre-ordered it. I was going to hold off on that one, get Yoshi's Crafted World, 
and then Days Gone. But then I thought to myself, okay, so these reviews are saying that the game is not quite like Bloodborne and Dark Souls. There's no RPG system there. You stay the same level static from the beginning to the end. It's just skill-based. I can get behind that. I can get behind that. Boss fights are going to be tough. Enemies are going to be challenging. Traversing the area is going to be, you know, stealthy or sneaky or maybe it's not going to be any of that. I'm just excited. I'm very excited to see what the game has in store, the story behind it, what they're going to do with that, if there's going to be a possible sequel. I'm curious, okay? And I'm really excited to play this one because E3 is right around the corner and I need to get through Neo. So between Neo, Bloodborne, Dark Souls, Sekiro, like the genre is bopping right now, guys, for challenging hardcore games. And I'm just excited to see what's coming next. So we'll see. I'll have that E3 show for you in June. But until then, guys, let's go ahead and move forward. Let's talk a little bit about... Captain Marvel, I did see the movie over the weekend, and let's give you guys a review of that. Opening this past weekend, the next installment of the Marvel Cinematic Universe was Captain Marvel, right on time, before the events of Infinity War Part 2. Very excited. Yes, it is connected, so if you were thinking about skipping this one, why would you skip it if you've seen every other one up to now? (laughs) don't stop now there are people who love it people who are unsure about it and actually this is the most mixed reviews marvel movie to date and i'll get into that in a second i want to give you my personal unbiased raw opinion before i get into that so here's my um pretty much review of captain marvel now let me give you a little bit of an introduction here my theater um this past saturday was having some like thunderstorms in the area or clouds. I didn't see any thunderstorms. They were rumbles, but halfway into my movie, the power went out and I ended up sitting there for a second in the dark because the lights came back on and well, I guess the metaphorical dark at that point. And then all of a sudden after about 25 seconds, the movie came back on, but no picture. So it kept playing from where it was with no picture. And Uh, You want to talk about spoilers. I heard an entire like six minutes of the movie with no picture. And I was like, oh God, make it stop. At this time, I didn't know what had happened, why there was this technical error. And then somebody from the movie theater came into the the theater and he was like, a power went out. We are aware of this. How long did it, you know, go forward? We'll bump it back. So apparently they're allowed to bump it back. That's really cool. Um, I did appreciate that. They bumped it back (laughs) probably a good five minutes too far. But hey, I would rather go too far back than not far enough. That being said, excluding that little hiccup, this movie was dope. All right, flat out. I don't care what anybody else says. This was a dope movie. I'm a huge Marvel fan. I don't care about any of the personal crap that people are talking about with Brie Larson. I thought this movie, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, specifically based on the comics, based on the plot going through with Phase 4, I think we're on, I think it was good. All right? It made sense. It fit. It was, you know, themed well. The tone kept pace. It didn't do too much too quickly. I really enjoyed younger Nick Fury. I really enjoyed seeing Coulson. I thought the whole thing was dope. All right? I don't understand why anybody wouldn't like this movie. The thing I like about superhero movies is the fact that we will never live in a real world where there are superheroes, where there are Avengers, where there are people who fight for us. 
who keep us safe, who defend the weak. And, you know, I, I really kind of admire that. The closest we have to that is, like, I don't know. I mean, have you guys seen Kick-Ass? Like, the movie Kick-Ass? <laughs> like, that's a bad example, but it's the closest I can come up with. And it was it was a rough, rough conclusion if you've seen that. Um, I don't I don't think that that's where we need to go, right? But at the same time, it's just like Captain Marvel. Okay, let's just dive into the the parts that I didn't like about the movie because there's a lot I loved about the movie. It'd be easier to talk about the parts I didn't like. I think the trope that a person has lost their memory and slowly needs to regain it is a little bit too much for me. <clears throat> I personally think that. Captain Marvel or Carol Danvers, whichever you want to call her, um, took too long to kind of learn who she was and make progress. And the whole scrolls invading aspect of the movie just didn't sit with me well the way it played out. It didn't match a lot of the source material, per se, and it took a different direction. You get to see Ronan again, who was in, of course, some of the earlier movies in the MCU, and that's cool, because he was, of course, behind the invasion of New York during the first Avengers movie, and you have to ask yourself, if Nick Fury had this emergency button, why did he let the Avengers take on the invasion versus Captain Marvel just busting people up. I mean, if if you've seen the movie, you remember that, that fight scene at the, towards the end of the movie where she's in space and she's blasting people, and she, like, flies through an entire ship and blows it up. Like, straight up. <laughs> Super badass. I was like, this is insane how powerful she is, unleashed. The whole movie, she had a leash on her, and I didn't know that. I mean, there were hints to it, but you didn't find out till the end the full, like, connect-the-dots sequence, that she was being contained. And then once you remove that, and you unleash with the full extent of the power, phenomenal. Phenomenal. She is the definition of OP. All right? Overpowered. Too much power. Stop. All right? Thanos, look out. Insert the punch emoji. Insert the skull emoji. All right, like, it lights out, buddy. Enjoy the time you have in the sunflower seals of whatever planet you're on watching the sunset, all right? Because those days are numbered. Captain Marvel's going to find you. She's going to get pissed that Nick Fury is gone, and then she's going to come find you. Trust me, she, you know, the movie, and obviously I'm going to say a few spoilers here, did not really work through fighting with her emotions, you know, like she was being trained to as a Kree. And I'm just like... Good for her, because emotion makes you stronger, right? Blocking out the emotion, sure, may keep you focused or may enhance you in some some ways, but at the same time, there are pros and cons to literally everything. And I think fighting with your emotions in mind is a great motivator, especially towards the end when um, Jude Law's character was like, fight me, and, and she was like, nah, she like blasted him into a rock, and I'm like, that's right. Because that's what she should have done. Now, I will say this much. This might get a lot of controversy, though. Um, I didn't like how it was themed. And by that, I mean, like, the 
I'm trying to figure out how to word it properly. The memory loss, and then there were just a lot of moments when it just felt like she was getting too much of the... I don't, you know what? I take it back. I can't even figure out a way to word it, okay? It's weird, but there are some, so a few issues I have, okay? But overall, I give the movie a solid probably 7 out of 10, all right? It wasn't phenomenal. It wasn't like Guardians of the Galaxy good or, you know, Avengers good, but or Ant-Man. Oh my god, Ant-Man was phenomenal in the second sequel as well. Um, but it was it was definitely a good movie. It's worth watching. I will buy it on Blu-ray, of course. And I just think that Brie Larson's a great actress. Um, in this movie, at least. I don't know what else she's been in. I'd have to look that up. But I'm very excited to see what's next. Which kind of brings me to my next topic of discussion. So, while this movie was coming out, there was a little bit of controversy around the movie. And I'm going to get to that in just one second. Let's go ahead and add a transition. So there has been a little bit of a controversy surrounding Brie Larson as an actress. And um, I didn't know about it until I was kind of getting close to the launch of the movie. And then my news feed started just filling with these news articles and these memes and people posting comments. And I, I had to look it up. So I Googled Brie Larson controversy or whatever. I don't remember exactly what I was that Googled, but I found an article that went in depth saying that Brie Larson was sexist against white men. And they used an interview where she was on an award show or something, and she said something, um, I believe what she said was, she doesn't care what a 40-year-old white man thinks about A Wrinkle in Time and how it didn't work for him. And of course, the crowd had a laugh. She kept talking about how she wanted the opinions of women and biracial women and strong women, and she just didn't care about the opinions of white men, because white men are all, I guess, wrong? Or they all have bad opinions? She really alluded to the fact that she did not like white men. When, I mean, she's just a white woman, I mean, she can like or dislike who she wants, but to publicly say you don't like white men, and you don't care what white men think or don't think about your movie or a, a movie in general or a show or pretty much isolating the entire male population. Like I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. That is a sexist opinion and you can say whatever you want to defend yourself or to defend this, but that's incredibly sexist. Look, all right, we are in the year 2019, we should be beyond racism, beyond sexism, beyond gender profiling, beyond any of this crap that separates us as human beings. We were all born on the same planet. We should all coexist on the same planet peacefully. There ain't no reason to be fighting each other or to be saying your strongly worded opinion because quote you're being edgy 
Nobody cares about your edgy opinion. It's only going to cause trouble. And look, there are a few people on this planet that are popular, famous, whatever you want to call them, that I don't like. All right? Just a few of them. One of them is Megan Trainer. I don't like her as a person. I like some of her music. Okay, she's a great artist. Fantastic vocalist. Gorgeous vocalist. But I don't like her as a person. She married the spy kid. He had no competition from me. I just don't like her as a person. And that's just one example. I don't like a few other people that I'll just keep to myself. But the point is, you can like and dislike people all you want. All right, I, I watched a video on YouTube this weekend, and it was basically a guy who walks around and interviews people on the street, and uh, I think he's located in Florida or something. He's doing a bunch of spring break videos. Um, and uh, he was asking people random questions. And this video I watched, he was asking them um, which YouTubers he that people just don't like. I mean, they he thinks... That, which YouTuber do you think got popular for a stupid reason? They just don't deserve all the views and all that stuff. And, and I mean, obviously, people were saying TikTok people and, and the Paul brothers. Obviously, those are the choices. One person said Shane Dawson, which really confuses me. I don't know. I like Shane Dawson. I don't watch all of his stuff, like, clicking on his stuff and, like, subscribing with the bell. But, I mean, I don't dislike him either. Um, there are a few people that come to mind. For me, honestly, it's the older Paul brother. I think that's a Logan. All right, I don't like him. Not one bit. All right, and honestly, I'll say it. He's a douchebag. All right, I don't care. All right, he lives in California. I'm in the middle of the country, okay? I don't think he's going to get salty about one person's opinion. Obviously, he didn't get, you know, too much of an opinion when people went off at him about his controversial video last year. You know, but then again, actors will do what actors do. They will act. And as far as all this crap with the fighting each other and the differences and the insensitivity, it needs to stop. All right, I've I've sidetracked a little bit, but getting back to the point, Brie Larson should not. Like, okay, it's okay that Brie Larson has an opinion. All right, and even if it's sexist, she's a human being. She's allowed to form her own opinions. But it's one thing to have an opinion and another thing to share that opinion. All right, you can look at Brie Larson and say she's famous. She has all this, you know, media that can hear her voice. So she can pretty much say anything to anybody and it will be covered on the news at some point, some internet form, some internet article it will get covered whereas fat love talk me will my opinion get you know on tmz will it be on some news website i doubt it okay maybe maybe this podcast will go somewhere maybe my streaming my youtube will go somewhere maybe one day i'll make a name for myself and you'll see this podcast as an archive of things I tried to accomplish during my hustle. I don't know. But I will say this much. I am not sexist. I am not racist. And I do not gender profile. Okay? Like, I, I accept people for who they are. 
I don't, I don't, I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. I don't have friends like that. Trust me, I don't. All right, I have a lot of gamer friends, so there's some language that gets said when we're gaming. All right, and none of that makes any of my friends bad people, because what you say when you're gaming. Versus what you say in a real life conversation versus how you live your life, how you choose to present yourself are totally separate. When you're playing a video game, your door is closed and you're just having a good time with the bros. All right, you should be allowed to be yourself. Okay, it's it's not being shared with anybody. But when you go outside and you present yourself in a way or you speak in a way that kind of makes you depicted as negative you need to rethink all right there's a thing my parents taught me called cause and effect right what are you going to do and how is that action going to play out what is the cause and effect it's also taught it takes two to tango and it will always upset at least one person on the internet if you have an opinion. So you're allowed to have an opinion. But maybe keep some of the questionable stuff to yourself. Alright, look, you can hate me all day if I don't like tomatoes on my tacos or my burgers, okay? Tomatoes, if I don't like tacos with tomatoes and I want that meat, cheese, sour cream, the, the holy trinity of a taco, let me enjoy my damn taco without tomatoes, all right? If I don't want salsa and I want hot sauce, let me enjoy my, my, my salsa and not the hot sauce. Don't be hitting up my DM saying how I should like the salsa and the hot sauce because the salsa complements the hot sauce. Look, I get it. And it does complement it, but not in a way that benefits me. All right? And that's a, that's a terrible example, perhaps. But it's relevant. And I, I just got to say... It's ridiculous that uh, we live in a time in 2019 where people are making hashtag Alita challenge a thing. Stop with the hashtag challenges. All right. Hashtagging was cool in like 2013. Stop. Especially when you're trying to hashtag negatively. All right. Hashtagging was meant to be cool was meant to be like edgy, was meant to be fun, was never meant to be controversial. Now you go on Twitter and there's a hashtag for everything and people think they're edgy and they're fun and they're, you know, going to get clicks. And I'm like, can you calm down? Nobody cares about your hashtag. I use hashtags to find topics of discussion for games. All right. If you get me uh, on Twitter and I'm looking at hashtag Yoshi's Woolly World, guess what I'm going to find? Probably gameplay footage or interview footage for Yoshi's Woolly World coming out on Switch this month, which I'm very excited about. I just watched the Acorn uh, level, the preview IGN put out. Very, (laughs) very excited for that game coming out. I'm hoping to co-op it with one of my friends. We'll see. But hashtags are meant to be helpful. Not meant to be controversial. And you know, you click on hashtag Alita Challenge and you look it up and you're like, what is this? Pretty much people are saying that Brie Larson is a sexist person discriminating against white men, does not want them at her movie, so you should go see Alita Battle Angel instead. In protest, yeah, I said that 
They literally said in protest of Brie Larson. Not in protest of Marvel, but in protest of Brie Larson. Now look, if I know one thing about Marvel and one thing about controversy, it's that James Gunn got fired for something he posted years ago when he was a different person, which I think is total and utter BS. They're using his script for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. They're using his script, and they canned him. But there's this... But she is openly, not in the not six years ago, not in the past, but presently, currently, today, actively showing examples of sexism towards white men. And they're not going to do a damn thing. Why? Because she's not a director, she's an actress. And they've already cast her for the role, and they don't want to go through that process where they, they have to replace her. Is anything going to happen? No. But guess what? James Gunn is a white man. Coincidence? The point I'm making is that the world's not fair. And I think that if you watch Captain Marvel without knowing about this, it will be a much better experience. Because I went into this movie after reading these articles, after looking this stuff up, and it made me have a distaste for the movie. Because her as a person just bothered me. I'm a white dude. She doesn't want me to see the movie. I enjoyed the movie. I really liked the movie. But she doesn't care. I paid her to discriminate against me. It's just not it's just, that's the way the world works. That's the way the world works. You're paying somebody to discriminate against you. But whatever. The end of the movie, there's a cut scene. And this is a spoiler, so dip out now if you haven't already. There's a scene at the end of the movie. It's the uh, the first of the two cut scenes you get at the end. Um, where um, the Avengers, uh, Don Cheadle's character. Um, I know he's War Machine, but I forget his actual name in the movie. But Don Cheadle's character is like, hey, the uh, Machine Fury used to contact Captain Marvel. It turned off. And then Steve Rogers and Black Widow walk up and like, well, get it to work again. Next thing you know, they turn around and bam, there's Captain Marvel. And she's like, where's, where's Fury? And then the scene ends. So she's met the Avengers now. She's there. And I'm wondering how she got there so fast. I'm thinking her powers have grown since the first movie. Because, of course, remember, it took place in the 80s, and Avengers Infinity War takes place like 2018 or something like that. So, the world is a lot different now. Guys, I think we can all agree that going to the movies was always meant to bring enjoyment, smiles, happiness. Now we have all these negative news articles and actors and actresses are getting a little too opinionated about stuff. And it's good to have an opinion. I have multiple strong opinions. You've heard that on my podcast. But I don't go out of my way to discriminate. I will never, ever, ever, mark my words and, and, and save this clip, I will never discriminate in any way 
towards women, towards men, towards sexual orientation, towards race, none of it, all right? I accept everybody on this planet the way they are, the way they identify, the way that they live their life as their choice. And the moment you bring your own personal politics into a discussion is the moment you start pushing people away. I read so many comments that the movie was garbage. And once they, and I, I have to um, not agree with that, but I have to say that I felt tainted from my original experience because you get to see all these examples of in powerful woman moments. And then all the men in the movie pretty much get screwed over the whole movie. And it just proves my point that you just can't unsee things. It's not the way they made the movie. That was a great movie. I, I think she had zero influence <laughs> on the direction of the movie, honestly, but it just felt tainted because of reading that, because of knowing her opinion about things, because her as a person is a specific, I don't, I, I'm just a little bothered by this. All right. I gave the movie a seven out of 10 because I thought it was a great movie and I will buy it on Blu-ray. But honestly, guys, I, I want to hear her apologize. I don't even care if it's real. The fact that she could even attempt one would be enough. But again, nobody gets what they want in this life. And I've been raised to expect never to hear an apology from somebody else. I was raised to be the best person I can be. Treat others how I want to be treated. And let God deal with it in the end. Because if you give everything to God and let him handle it, you're going to have less stress. You're going to have less worries. You're going to have less problems. And I ain't looking to have no problems. My friends and I, we keep it 100 with each other. If I got a problem with you or you got a problem with me, we talk it through. And I don't have any friends with racist, sexist, controversial opinions. All right? Like... If my friend doesn't like lettuce, that's like the most controversial thing out of our friend group. That's the kind of friends I have. Okay, my friends are nice people. They're good people. They care about others. They're people. My my one of my best friends got in a car accident this this over the weekend, and he wasn't in a big car accident. He was going like two miles an hour. He bumped into the back of a car, and he felt terrible for the rest of the night. He felt guilty. He felt. So bad, he apologized profusely, and he he's a good guy. He's a good person, okay? He isn't going to play the victim there. He, I, I love my friends because they have a heart, because they care about others, because they're passionate about human beings living in unison. And you know what? That's the way I want to live my life. So Brie Larson, if you want to, I don't think she'll ever hear this, but... If she does, if you want to live your life the way you're living it, that's your prerogative. You make a hell of a lot more money than me. I don't make that much. And you're making more than me in a year in probably a month. So, you do you, but I don't agree with it. And that's fine, because we're both two different individuals. That being said, guys, let's move forward. Um, I do want to say real quick at the end, I am 
starting season four of Game of Thrones. They finally announced the final season. And I was like, dang, I need to finish <laughs> what I haven't seen. So I'm just into season four. And I watched the episode where Joffrey um, gets married. And uh, I won't spoil anything for those of you who are not caught up. Um, it was interesting, and I smiled a lot at the end of the episode. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Um, that being said, um, I'm going to keep watching that. I'm going to finish up Resident Evil this week if I can get around to it. I'm going to start a new series this week for um, my playthrough of Neo. The homie Tyler wants to make that video with me and kind of get me through it because he's really excited for Neo 2, hopefully coming to E3 with an announcement finally. He's really hype about that. So he said, go ahead, play some Neo. We'll bust through it. I'll... I'll carry you, and then we'll play the DLC, and we'll be ready to go for Neo 2. And I was like, all right, man, I bet. I'll, I'm there with you. So we're going to do that this week, so look forward to that on the channel. And then outside of that, guys, um, I have to apologize for my podcast coming out so late. Um, this weekend, I had to work on Sunday, which is usually when my podcast comes out. So you're getting this Monday morning. Sunday night, right after midnight. Um, I apologize for no podcast when it was supposed to be coming out. Um, can't really affect um, my work schedule. If they want me to work, I have to work because I need to get that 40 hours in. Because like I said, I don't make the big bucks like movie stars do. Um, but guys, thank you so much for continuing to support Fat Love Talk. For continuing to be there for Fat Love Talk. I really love talking about games and it's it's just fun okay even though i can't talk about all the games because i can't afford all the games the ones i am talking about you're taking the time i'm seeing you're listening and i appreciate that i really want to give my thanks all right so like always you can find me on instagram and you can find me on twitter at fatlove145 snapchat is just fatlove p-h-a-t-l-o-v-e and then of course my youtube channel Alpha Phenomenon Gaming, which I will have linked on my Twitter page, and of course I share on my YouTube onto my Snapchat as well. I love Snapchat. I use Snapchat. Twitter and Snapchat are the two best ways to keep in touch with me. Um, that being said, guys, mad love for a great week, and I will see you guys on the next episode of Fat Love Talk. Take care. <laughs>